0: To the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here, as always, my co host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, are you ready to go to school? It's fantasy football 101.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like I am back in second grade learning about fantasy football all over again. But this is, uh, this actually has been one of our most requested episodes to do, which I was, uh, I was surprised, but I was also pleasantly surprised that there are a lot of newer players that are, you know, starting to take a, get a hold on fantasy football and want to, want to play fantasy football. So. um, That means we're getting new
0: listeners, more listeners, where people want to you know learn how the game is played and get into it. Because if you're listening to a fantasy football podcast and you're not playing fantasy football, then what's the point? Correct. You're just listening to two people talk and go on tangents about, movies and whatever whatever Lots else the time about. machine
1: and uh and the godfather, godfather. yeah 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 correct but uh yeah this is the this is uh for for the people that <clears throat> excuse me i'm still recovering from my uh my date at madison square garden um for the people that know what fantasy football is all about this is not the episode so thank you and goodbye sort of sort of sort of thing if you want to turn off i completely understand because this this is just not the episode for you this is the people that do not know what the hell is going on maybe first time commissioners that need you know commissioning advice and how to set up their leagues what's the best way to do it this is the episode for those people so if you are an expert fantasy player who knows the ins and outs of fantasy this is not the episode for you
0: yes yes but if you do if you know somebody that is looking to get into fantasy football or you want to convince somebody to get into fantasy football, then by all means, show them this episode.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is the this is the dumbed, dumbed down uh episode that we're doing. We'll be talking about different kinds of leagues, talking about roster sizes, talking about different lineups. And you know, perhaps you hear us talking about on our mock draft episodes, talking about Two receiver setup versus three receiver setups. We talking the difference between those scoring and formats. Scoring formats, yes, absolutely. And then we'll be talking about basic draft stuff as well. So I get, we, we, I get those questions a lot. You know, what is the best way to tackle a draft? Um, you know, foundationally, what should what should you be looking for in a, in a draft? We'll also be going that over that too uh, at the, a little bit at the uh, at the end.
0: Yeah, and I don't think we should go into like the crazy leagues. You know, I know that. We're going to be doing a guillotine league come uh, this upcoming season, uh, or you know leagues like those, like vampire leagues, like yeah, weird no, 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 stuff, no, no, no. We're we'll not talk- tackling that.
1: Right, right. We'll be we'll be talking about you know your basic scoring systems, your hair PPR, um, your half PPR, your standard, and then going into co- uh, two quarterback and super flex as well. We, we we could talk about those as well, and even. Even if you were going to go and talk about like Keeper Leagues and Dynasty Leagues, we could talk about auctions as well. Auctions, yeah. Yeah, we could, def- we could definitely talk about those.
0: There are a lot of different directions that we can go into. But first, let's go into just like the terminology of the different scoring formats mm-hmm. that you hear us talk about all the time. If you yes. are an avid listener and you want to get into fantasy football. So starting off with PPR. It's an acronym that you hear all the time. It stands for Points Per Reception. You get a catch, you get a point. That's full point PPR. Half point PPR is one reception equals half a fantasy point. And then non-PPR, or some people refer to it as standard, which might not be the standard anymore as more leagues shift more towards PPR, but non-PPR is you do not get a point for a reception.
1: Yes, and, and, and Adam curtailed that perfectly. But the one thing I'd also want to add, you know, to really dumb it down is that point that you get is on top of the yardage that comes in your standard scoring that is on your league page. So, yes. and we'll get, we'll get into that as well, but let's just say, you know, it's even more in,
0: minute because you could do a <laughs> because some people do. Uh, I know that you are a big fan of each yard is a decimal point. Like yes. Yeah. is point one. Each yard is point one. Some people do uh was it every 10 yards is just one point and then you every 10 no yards de- is
1: one point, yeah.
0: And there's no decimals. And for quarterbacks, every 25 yards <laughs> passing is uh, one fantasy point. Correct. And uh things of that nature. So
1: correct. It it does definitely get my new, but just for example, if you're in full point PPR, let's say we're talking about Jerry Judy, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. Uh he catches a 24 yard pass. So in full-point PPR, that would equate to – in decimal scoring, it would equate to – so if you're doing one-tenth of a point for every yard, that would be – 3.4. It would be 2.4 points for the yardage. Yes, but then tack on the one point for the reception. You get 3.4 yards uh, – 3.4 points, excuse me, for that play. If it's in half, you would do 2.4 and add on the .5 to get 2.9 and then in your regular standard, which there would be nothing for just for the cash bonus, if we're calling it that for the reception, there would be it would just be your standard two point four.
0: Yep, or nothing, or actually it would just be two. In
1: if they weren't doing decimal scoring, yeah, if you weren't doing if you weren't, if you weren't doing decimal scoring, yes, that's that's also true. That's also yep. true. So if you were doing if you were doing um, one point for every ten yards it would just be two if you're if you're in standard if you're in ppr or you're in uh, half ppr it would be three or it would be two and a half
0: yep all right um other scoring formats or actually other uh terminology that we should be talking about is uh flexes mm-hmm. you know you hear that term uh, thrown around a lot and flexes super flexes What's a super flex you know a flex in your average run-of-the-mill fantasy league is a position where, on your lineup, where you can play, uh, you know, like the name suggests, it's flexible. So you could play a running back, a receiver, or a tight end in that position on your lineup. You get an extra spot for, it's like a wild card, essentially. And in super flex leagues, uh, the super flex
1: adds the quarterback into the mix. Correct. Hence, super flex. Yes, super yeah. flex. That's how you remember that. Yep. And and those kinds of setups too and we'll talk about them more as we as we go along. The drafting strategy is much different than it would be in a standard sort of setup where you're playing with one quarterback. So the main difference here for draft purposes is the way you would draft for a team that has one starting quarterback would be completely different than if you're drafting for a team that has two set quarterback positions. Or if you have a quarterback and a super flex position, which basically is a second quarterback, because if you're playing in a super flex league and in that spot, you're not starting a second quarterback there. You're kind of behind the eight ball.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because quarterbacks do get more points on average, I think, than yeah. just your average running back and, yeah. or receiver. So be, So, yes. So that's the terminology there. Um for key, you know, as far as like other leagues, you know, there are keeper leagues where um at the end of the season you can opt to keep, you know, that's why it's called that. You can keep a Genius. I know the guys that come up with this, I mean their their IQs must be a million through the roof. I mean, Einstein. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Einstein and Tesla.
0: Yes. So uh, you can keep a certain amount of players at the cost of a draft pick that is equivalent to the pick that you pick them with. So Uh, for yes,
1: yes and no, but then, you know, when you want to get more intricate into it, all leagues do it differently in keepers. So some will just say um, you could pick five at no cost. Um, Some keeper leagues also do set contracts where you have to designate years that you're keeping a said player that also goes more towards like auction leagues, which we'll get into after we talk about keeper and and, and dynasty Uh, we'll talk about the, the auction setups. Um, But I know the way most keeper leagues are run is the way that Adam is explaining it, that it comes at the cost of the base cost of where you draft that player. And then as time goes on, because these are more long-term leagues as you're keeping basically the core of your team together Year in year out, the price goes up depending on how long you're going to keep that player for. So let's say, let's just say for example, I have, I drafted last year. Let's just say I drafted, uh, let's just say I drafted Jamar Chase in round eight, right? And Jamar Chase has a great season. Wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals uh, had a great season with Joe Burrow. Go to the Super Bowl was fantastic for them, and I want to keep him. I can keep him then for an eighth round pick. That I drafted him at, but if I then want to keep him after this up, upcoming season, if I want to keep him again. The the cost to keep him is going to go up, whether it's by a round, whether it's by two rounds. So maybe it'll cost you a seventh to keep him or six to keep him, whatever your league would six would be, you know, whatever the rules are for 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 your league.
0: Yeah, and you know that is really to incentivize. Players being available to pick, like the best players being available to pick. Because if you just have Joe Burr or if you have uh, Jamar Chase for an eighth round pick, and you're going to keep him forever and ever, amen. For an eighth round pick, I mean, why not? But true. Yeah. If, true. If you're giving up higher picks as the years go on, then you're less in sense that incentivized to keep him because at some point, if you keep Jamar Chase long enough, where you're paying a first round pick to keep him. It's just not worth it
1: then. Great. Yep. I completely and totally agree.
0: And uh, so Dynasty is a bit different. It's yes. it's, like a, it's like Keeper on steroids, essentially.
1: Uh, it's basically the way that I just described Dynasty to people is it's basically what you would want. If you're looking for an authentic NFL general manager experience. That is what Dynasty is because you're making decisions on basically the same team year in, year out. You don't necessarily have regular drafts every single year. The only draft that you're really doing in a dynasty league after you do your initial startup draft to start the league, the only draft that you're really doing from there on out is after the NFL draft happens, you then draft rookies, the rookies that that come in. And basically from there on out, you're just managing the same group of guys that you've had from year in to year out and you're making trades you're making offseason signings you're trading draft picks you're doing everything that a legitimate general manager in the national football league would be doing so that's dynasty but it is a lot more hardcore and committed so i would say for the for the newer fantasy players that are listening to this a dynasty is one where you really have to be uh, super committed to it and that's one that i would absolutely be waiting um, at least a year or two, until you really get the full hang of fantasy, to then dive into to the dynasty thing. I, I would probably say keeper to start would be the way that I would go, and the way that I have gone and, and have done is starting off doing a keeper league, and then making the full on plunge into into dynasty. That's yeah. usually the way that that it happens. You make that that that, that that progression.
0: Yeah. I think that if you're interested in dynasty, cause like for me, I don't know, like I've never done a keeper league or a dynasty league at all. And it's not like I'm not interested. I mean, I'm a little interested, but I'm not super interested. Um, so I've done just regular standard. what we, we would refer to as redraft leagues where, you know, all of your players just go back into the same pool and then you draft again. Um, But if you are interested in getting your start in Dynasty, I would, like Bird said, I would recommend getting your feet wet with Keeper and seeing if you really like it. Because Dynasty is a huge commitment. You know, not only is it hardcore in the sense that you're going to be spending a lot of, you know, time and maybe money because it is a uh, big commitment. You're also also... The most
1: expensive leagues.
0: Yes. But you have to you really have to be in there for the, for the long haul. People who are into kind of instant gratification like myself who are probably wouldn't be as interested in dynasty just because you're like I have to go through, you know, maybe my team is good one year but now I have to go through a rebuild, you know, this is terrible. I could just play Madden and get the same experience, but that's me. That's totally me. But um, I'm just saying, it's a it's a huge commitment financially and from a time perspective so i would try keeper as like a, as a taste as a taste of this is going this is going,
1: this is going off on a, on, a, on a small tangent but you know on the dynasty thing i'll keep this very very simple you have two means of how you want to draft you could either draft for the immediate victory or do it many dynasty players do which is draft for having prolonged success in the future. By drafting young now and and sort of taking the first year and deciding to tank and just being like you know what I'll take the first year totally crater my team just know I have a lot of young guys that can help me in the future and in the next two three four years that's when you start to compete start to win championships but it, it, yes it's it's a long term play but that's that four years of, yeah that a Still. lot of people just don't have don't have the time and don't have the patience for. And I completely, completely understand that, which is why it's for the hardcore uh, fantasy players. And, um, and then very quickly, auction leagues, um, they're very simple. You have a set dollar amount that you go into a draft with, and instead of picking guys to have on your team, you're bidding on players. And based on the dollar amount, you build the team until you either run out of money or you fill out your roster. That's basically what an auction is. And then you play out the league as you normal as you normally would. And we'll also talk about um, waivers and different kind of uh, waiver strategies as we-, as we go along as well. Because inevitably, inevitably, for, I think this is the first time, and I can't believe it's June, and it's the first time that we're having this discussion and haven't had it yet about how every league needs to be going to FAP.
0: Yes, well... <laughs> Uh, before we move on to that, let's go on to your roster construction. And we already talked about uh, teams that have flexes and super flexes, but the players around those guys, you know, it's, it's different. Obviously every league can be different. The mo- the standard league that you would think of has a one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, a kicker and a defense. Slash special special teams and defense and special teams. You basically pick a team's defense sl- slash uh, special teams, and you get points from that based off of uh, blocked kicks, uh, interceptions, fumbles, defensive touchdowns, special teams touchdowns, that sort of thing. And um, they're also where you get crazy is where you have the flex, where you have super uh, super flex. You have two QB. Um, a lot of your leagues, bird, have three wide receivers. A lot of leagues are moving towards three three wide receiver. I know you told me that you did an IDP league at one point, which is individual defensive player, where you draft like defensive linemen, linebackers, and defensive backs.
1: I do not recommend IDP,
0: <laughs> not for rookies anyway, or uh, not, not for people not, we, we who do not understand IDP.
1: Period. <laughs> Well, it's, it's crazy. It's like you're doing two you, drafts. You fucking psychopaths.
0: It's like, it is like you're doing two drafts. It's I, actually I was, crazy.
1: So a fun fact here. I was invited to do a IDP dynasty startup this year. And I just said, no, I can't do it. I cannot do it.
0: There aren't enough hours in the day.
1: Yeah, literally.
0: Um, and yeah, and that's kind of how rosters are constructed. There are definitely different ways. And, you know, some leagues – I think we had a question about this in the mailbag like a year or two ago. Some leagues have just gotten rid of defense and kickers. Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah, defense and kickers leagues do remove, and I think um, a lot of leagues are also moving towards removing tight ends and adding a secondary uh, flex position. So you have those valuable tight ends that are being drafted early. They still have a part to play just as flexes. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Or they're taking,
1: or they're taking like wide receiver tight end and grouping that into one every league is doing it differently, but the sole tight end position is just, is sort of on the, uh, on the way out, but that's a more advanced sort of uh, sort of thing.
0: Well, depending on some scoring formats, you know, they go in the opposite direction where you have uh, tight end premium leagues where tight ends get a, a multiplier on the points that they get. Correct. Correct.
1: But that's That's also going into a whole other rabbit hole.
0: Yes. That's that's also pretty advanced. Yeah. But uh, moving on from roster construction, we can go on to uh, the waiver, the waiver wire and free agency. And so you draft your team. It's August or September, probably September, ideally after Labor Day, but we'll get there in a second. You draft your team. You're getting ready for week one or week one has just passed. And you you find out that one of your players gets injured, unfortunately. Ah, shit! And you don't have a good enough backup. And so you go and you see all the players that were not drafted, or they're not on rosters at the moment, and they're all in a pool uh, that's known at, that's known colloquially as the waiver wire. And you know some leagues use waivers still, where essentially. Uh, there's a list of priorities. Each team has their own waiver priority based on different criteria. Most leagues, it's in reverse order of uh, how they how they finish or a, a league standing. So the worst team has the first priority because it just makes sense logically, where the worst team ha- should have the best chance at getting uh, or a first crack at getting players because they they probably need them. And uh, some leagues have fab, which is a free agent budget. And that is, you get a budget of money. Some leagues, I know your leagues bird, our leagues was $200 this past year of uh, fake internet money. And you use it to uh, you put a certain amount of money on a player, kind of like an auction. It's basically like an auction, but with free agency yeah, and and waivers and, um, the highest bidder gets the player, and that's how that goes. And then after the that period, because basically waivers, whether it's waivers or Fab, the first wave of that is usually on Wednesday, like Wednesday morning. Correct. Is
1: when it happens. And it, then it, it, it depends. It depends on what site you yes. play on. Like ESPN, I know is Wednesday, but then Yahoo. Um, And CBS, I know, are Thursday. I don't know about NFL. I think NFL is Wednesday, I think.
0: Yeah. And so once that happened, like once that first period is over, then you can just get players for free. You don't have to pay any fab for that at all. Um, Unless, like, and then also if a player is dropped from a team, After that waiver period, then they have to go through either waivers or fab where people have the opportunity to bid or put in claims for that player. So let's say, for example, I have Darrell Williams on my team and Darrell Williams gets hurt. He tears his ACL, God forbid, tears his ACL out for the season. I drop him on, I drop him for my team and he goes to waivers and let's say you bird hear that he has a chance of coming back in week 18 or week 17 you're like you know what i'm going to stash Dar- darrell williams on my roster for for whatever reason and so you have an opportunity you can bid however much fab that you want you can even bid no fab you know that's definitely a strategy you you can just put in 0 dollar bids on players if you're really running low on budget late in the season and um if nobody puts in a bid that's higher than that, then you get the player, and that's how that works.
1: Uh, yeah, I I, I can't – I'm not going to willingly repeat anything that you just said because you're, you're spot on. Uh, the main difference, though, that I want to point out between just doing bog-standard inverse waivers where worst team gets first crack and best team gets last crack and fab is – the difference really is is that fab – puts a monetary price and puts a value on every player that is going to be available on your waiver wire instead of worst team getting first bit. And that last team really not having a chance to, to win any of those players on, on, on waiver wire. So if that best team really wants that player, they're going to have to shell out as just as much as the last place team is going to really want to take a chance to go get that player so like i said it's going to come down to whichever team needs that player the most there's going to be a price in that player and that's what fab really does and which is why i'm always going to be an advocate for fab i love it i think it's the best and i know i'm in every league but one is fab but the the one that's not fab i just play with idiots and they just don't understand it and i'm just like okay whatever
0: I don't know what there is to not understand. It's just like an
1: auction. I, I don't get it either. And they're all business people, which makes no sense. Makes no sense to me. How I'm people a little worried. Just don't understand it? It's not. Like, it's, re- it's pretty simple. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. It's just about having a budget, knowing how much you could shell out on players every single week, and doing it. Like it's it's not hard. Because I, I, then people say, well, what's too much to spend on a player? There's no such thing as spending too much on a player. It's just budgeting yourself and saying, "Okay, if I'm going to spend, if I have a let's say I have a $200 budget that I can spend on 17 weeks during the season. If I go out and I spend 30 bucks on a player in the first week, I now know that the rest of the season I have to really limit myself to try and spend 10 or so dollars a week cuz then that would take me to the end and I'll maintain that Two hundred dollar budget, and I'll be clear. I'll be clear of that. And I also want to point out with Fab as well, which is very important. So if this is like for the commissioners, really um, having zero dollar bids as your min offers are, it, it, you have to have it. Like there's no rhyme or reason. Zero dollar bids must be allowed because you don't e- unless you're going to have a five hundred dollar budget to have make sure every player that is picked up is going to come at a cost. If you're doing continuous fab, then you have to have to have to have a set minimum offer for, for fab at zero.
0: Yeah. I mean, we could kind of go into our strategies for fab. I mean, this, this past year is my first time doing it. And I would say it like that question of what, is the most you can spend or what's the most that you think you should spend on a player that depends on a lot of things depends on your needs as a team depends on what week of the season you're in depends on how popular you know that player is going to be how desperate you are to win how de- yes how desperate you are to win i mean that goes into team needs and stuff like that and,
1: and if you're in if you're how in much week money
0: eight, the well yeah and
1: how much fab you actually have currently that, yeah it's also true That's also true. But if you're like week eight and you're knowing that you're right in the middle of the season, you're three and five and you need something, you know, really picked up and there's a great player that really helps your team out. And you've already blown through half of your $200 budget. Then you may have to be willing to take a stab at, you know, throwing a third or even a quarter of your remaining budget on that one player. Because if he, you get him and he helps you, then guess what? That was well worth it. But if it doesn't help you, then you're probably gonna be out. And by the time you know you get to playoffs, if you still have money left, it's kind of like, well, I didn't make playoffs anyway, so so who cares? Yeah,
0: and that's why you know, when we do the waiver shows for this season and when we did the waiver show last year, you didn't talk about spending fab on players in terms of dollar amounts. You just you used it in terms of percentages. Yes, yeah, you, always you're like. You should spend 10% of your fab on this guy, 20% of your fab on this guy, 30%, 50%, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because it is because it's completely different. It makes no sense for me to say, Oh, yeah, you should be spending you should be spending $15 on one player. Because $15 for a hundred and fifty dollar budget for fab is gonna be different than fifteen dollars for a two hundred dollar budget. So when you roll it down to percentages, it makes it a lot easier, I think, for for managers to to understand so so when you listen to to this podcast and we do our waiver shows in um in, during the season you'll hear you know those names those numbers thrown out in percentages and you'll know what they mean if you're going to be doing fab which i'm begging all of you to do please yes
0: Thank you. all right um is there anything else you want to go over before we move on into
1: draft strategy um I mean, let me just have a look. I do want to talk about um, scoring very quickly. I do want to talk about um, just the scoring that I generally use. And and Adam touched on it before using the uh, one-tenth of a point for every yard. Uh, Passing touchdowns, very important to point out. Four-point versus six-point. Some sites defaulted as four. Others defaulted as six. The main difference between four and six is the 6 point per passing touchdown leagues, those quarterbacks are always going to have an inflated value. So the quarterbacks will become much more valuable when really they aren't as valuable, unless you're talking about the elite options, your Josh Allens and your Patrick Mahomeses. Whereas with your four, it keeps the prices of your middle quarterbacks lower because at the end of the day, four makes them very interchangeable, whereas six, you're going to see much more of a clear discrepancy between where each quarterback is ranked. It's going to be much more of a gap versus four-point passing touchdown leagues where the point difference at the end of the season between the best quarterback in the, in the NFL and in fantasy is going to be minimal to the 10th or 12th guy in fantasy just because of how the, the scoring uh, pans out.
0: Yep, and to put that into perspective – You know, sometimes it's hard to think about like, oh, what's the difference? It's only two points per touchdown. If a quarterback throws for four touchdowns in a game, let's just say, just four touchdowns without even the yardage or anything like that, or even rushing, that's 24 points baseline. I mean, that's that's like that's game changing. And that's where you'd see quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen go in the second round. And Honestly, I think that, I mean, maybe this is just me theorizing here, but maybe they're like rushing yards are still there for quarterbacks, but like the rushing importance isn't as important just because rushing touchdowns and passion passing touchdowns are worth the same.
1: Correct. Correct.
0: And if you're in a four point passing touchdown league, then quarterbacks with rushing upside are, are more valuable just because Mm -hmm. You get that six points
1: as opposed to four. Yes. And everything that we do on this show is aimed at four-point per passing touchdown leads, which is why I'm always singing the praises of guys like Jalen Hurts, guys like Lamar Jackson. If if Trey Lance could be the guy in San Francisco, I'll be singing his praises too, just because of the abilities that they have with their legs, Josh Allen, those kind those kind of guys. That's why they are much more valuable in four-point per passing touchdown leagues versus in, in six.
0: Yeah, would you ever have you ever done a six point per pass touchdown yeah. league? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. did you like it? It didn't really make a difference to me because it it, it it's a super flex. So no, it's a two oh. quarterback. It's a strict two quarterback. So oh my god, yeah. So the, the QBs are going to go high. Are going to go higher anyway.
0: The point totals must have been crazy.
1: Oh yeah, it'd be, it be it was like uh, there were teams that are putting up 230, 240 point weeks with these. Wow. Like I remember when I put my first 200 point week in that league. And I said to myself, wow. I mean, it was, it was half PPR as well. So I was like, wow, 200 point week. It's pretty good. And then I saw one team put like a 260 on the board. And I was just like, fuck. That's absurd. Yeah. Yeah. I know that was a good that That one team that I had too was good. It just didn't, it didn't win a championship, even though I had Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and Cooper Cup. It's just last year. Jeez, yeah, I just, have, I just didn't have the quarterbacks. I just didn't have the quarterbacks because I was in the middle middle of the draft. And this is also a big a big uh, lesson for all of the fantasy managers here. Review your league rules before you go into a draft, because this was a very expensive league that I did last year, and I completely fucking forgot right in the middle of the draft that it was a two quarter. It was a two quarterback league. So there I was in round six of the draft. And there were basically no quarterbacks there. I want to know why the fuck quarterbacks are flying off the board, until I realized it's a two quarterback, and I was just like, "Shit, yeah,
0: that's a shit oh
1: boy." Yeah, but I ended up with Jalen, I Jalen Hurts and Kirk Cousins, so it wasn't all bad.
0: No, it wasn't all bad. But I mean, you could have had, if you had known, then you know things could have been different. But that's besides the point. So actually this is a good transition, a good segue into draft strategy and, you know, talking about draft position, because this is something that can really change your draft strategy. And the way the draft position is decided is something that's, that can be different depending on what league you're in and what kind of league that you're in Um, for redraft leagues, for most redraft leagues, draft position is decided by a lottery where, um, you know, it randomly decides whether you're picking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and so on. And um, in keeper league, well, I think in most leagues, really, it's decided by a lottery, right?
1: Most, except for Dynasty. Dynasty is usually done the inverse of the regular season standings or oh, yeah. just the, the overall standings.
0: And those are those are weird anyway,
1: just because, um, Yeah. Right, most most are done. Most are done by draw. Most are done by draw, or you let the system decide on your on your respective uh, servers.
0: Yep, and um, so there is different strategies. I mean, before going into what strategy you should think up, think about depending on what position that you're in. Just let's talk about what positions you should be like player positions you should be prioritizing in drafts. And, you know, if you have friends that play fantasy football, then you've heard them be like, you know, I'm going to take insert running back here, Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor first overall this year, or I'm going to take Derrick Henry first overall this year. Or, you know, I'm thinking about taking Austin Eckler at six if he's there for me. And the commonality between those players is that they all play running back. And uh, running backs have been the backbone of fantasy since time immemorial. And it, there's a good reason for that is because rushing yards are a lot easier to get than receiving yards. And they're a lot more commonplace or no, not even, no, they're just easier to get. They're more consistent to get with a good running back than they are with a, with a good receiver and running backs. I, I don't know. I mean, running backs also get, it's a little different now because we have uh, some running backs have touchdown vultures. As uh, handcuffs, but a lot of running backs, you know, they get uh, like it's more likely for them to get a lot of uh, touchdowns as well. So that's that's why. And I think the, the pendulum shifts depending on what type of league you're in. Also,
1: basically to just sum it down, narrow it down, and make it as very simple as possible. The way you want to draft in a standard draft league, I does not have any funky alterations to it is you want to be drafting as many running backs and as many receivers as early and as often as possible because they are the foundational pieces for any fantasy setup. You, Those are the guys that you are going to be riding for the basically the duration of the season. The quarterbacks and tight ends are always interchangeable, especially the quarterbacks. The tight ends, there is a clear difference from the top, X amount of guys and the rest of the guys, it clearly, but with quarterback, there's not much of a difference. So I'm always going to be of the ilk and you'll listen to us talk about this um, all the time, really. And that's that we're not going to be drafting quarterbacks early in drafts. It's just not how I know. That's not how I do it. Well, to find out how Adam does it.
0: I mean, I've drafted quarterbacks
1: kind of early. I mean, you've you've done it, but it's not something. That, well, what's your definition of early?
0: Yeah, I mean, early like seventh, sixth, seventh round. See, round? early,
1: early for me is round five or above. That's that's, that's not, early yeah. for me. Like if yeah. you're taking a quarterback in round seven, round eight, I, that's perfect quarterback range. That for me is okay. That's like the that's basically where quarterbacks start to fly off the board. Anyway, um, but any quarterback beyond above round five or even in round five is a little rich for my blood. That's where you still want to be taking your running backs and your receivers. And it's also very important to look at what your lineup consists of. What will you have to be fielding every single week? If you're playing in a two wide receiver setup where you're starting two receivers every week in most standard setups, the way that it works is you start one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, a flex, a defense, and a kicker every single week. Those are nine guys in the new wave, I guess we'll call it, leagues are adding a third receiver that you're starting every single week. So depending on what league you join, which is why it's also very important to look at your lineup, you know, you look at your roster construction beforehand just to see what you need to do. If you're taking three receivers, if you need three receivers to start every week, that might be more of an emphasis for you than taking a running back. I always say running back for me is the way that I go. It's the way that I'm going to be going this year. Is I'm going to be loading up on running back as much as I can, and then just sort of going from there because receiver is very deep. So in three receiver setups, you could still get a really, really nice option. Um, I mean, that's third the other spot.
0: That's the other thing. Like you know, it depends on the the level of talent at that position because running backs are for the past couple of years really good. Fantasy running backs have been thin. You know, yeah, few and far between. They're either like unattainably good where they're going in the first five picks or they're good, but they're injury prone or they're good, but they have a handcuff. So, you know, you want to prioritize for me anyway, and for you uh, prioritize getting that positional, the position of scarcity, getting somebody good in a scarce position where you can wait for a receiver. Correct. When receiver is really deep. And There are a lot of factors that go into draft strategy and, you know, generally speaking, yes, you would like to go running backs early, like running backs, early receivers, early uh, depending on what your league setup is, what the position looks like, how your draft goes, because, because you could be in a situation where uh, I'm going to go zero RB or I'm going to go, double RB for the first and second round, you know, take two running backs in the first and second round or take a receiver and a tight end because I'm weird or take two receivers. And then you have a guy like, let's say you're in full point PPR Austin Eckler falls to you at 10. You're like, well, fuck my strategy. I'm taking Austin Eckler because the value is there. And um, that's something that you have to account for because The One of the biggest pieces of advice that we should give to people who are just starting out in fantasy football is to not be so rigid in how you draft. Because rigidity, it doesn't help you. You can turn down opportunities for you to build a league-winning roster or at at least a playoff roster just by kind of going outside the box being lucky getting something to fall into your lap and taking that chance and saying, you know, I have three running backs already, but this, there's a great value here of this guy who I know in my heart is going to be, is going to be like the deepest sleeper uh, in 2022. He's going to have a great season. Nobody's going to hear about him. Like Cam Akers, for example, you know, before he broke out, you know, for those who are new listeners to the podcast, one of the one of Bird's greatest victories is being right about makers. That and Josh Allen, honestly.
1: And I'm on Ross St. Brown. Yeah. Those were those were fantastic, fantastic victories, I have to say.
0: I was right about Deshaun Watson, unfortunately.
1: It's true. That uh, it is true. You're right. Well, you were not, right not,
0: not not that part. The, the the decline part.
1: Yeah, yeah. No. Well, um, what else? What else do we uh, want to talk about with uh, with drafting? That's important. That you haven't said. Um, uh, what do
0: you want to talk about? Like
1: weird. I, I, I know there was something. There was something that I wanted to say. Okay. Um, how to prepare for a draft. If you do it, in, and this is for most rookie players, do your drafts on your servers. Do online drafts. When you become more familiar, then you go to your offline drafts where you're drafting in person with your friends and you're doing your whole thing. But I would stick to an online server for now to where you do all of your drafts and you go off of their preloaded player ranks. That definitely helps in the, uh, in the drafting process. Um, but I would also have a, have a set of, uh, rankings, secondary rankings right next to you at all times, just so you have another opinion to kind of go off of, um, cause you don't want to live and die by the sword of one set of ranks. So you always want to have a secondary set of ranks, uh, next to you, uh, unless you're going to really surprise me and you want to come up with your own set of ranks, um, within two months, two, three months, I'd be very impressed. By those that decide to do it, um, especially if you are beginning beginner players. So, I what I would say is you always want to go off of what the rankings are telling you on the screen and having a secondary uh, ranker next to you with his ranks uh, already pre printed. So, that's just going to that's going to fantasy pros, that's going to any fantasy football site that you could name. uh, They'll have ranks that'll be that'll be pre-made pre-loaded and you can print them out and you can have them right next to you and you're ready to go
0: yep and the nice thing about fantasy pros is that uh fantasy pros is actually not just one person giving their ranks it's a consensus of fantasy football writers including somebody who may be in this zoom room is there a ghost here who might that be i don't know but there is a consensus of uh fantasy football writers that update their rankings regularly. And those rankings are reflected by an average, like it's an average of like average of all of those rankings hit the table again. It's an average I, of all of those rankings.
1: I update, I updated my ranks today. So yes. I mean, that's just, that's just the life. That's just the life, but we're, but we do all the dirty work for you. So it's like, you know, you can, you can study up all you want, but when a push comes to shove and you're unprepared, you can go and print out one of our ranks on fantasy pros and boom, there you go. You have a set of ranks right there. Yes.
0: Well, I think the, the thing is, is that if you're a, I mean, if you're a beginner player, then yes, I would consult your rankings, both sets of rankings. I wouldn't live and die by those either mm-hmm. because, you know, you can, it's, it's kind of like doing test prep for like a state test. You know, you have the, you have the answers basically where, you know, the, you have the knowledge, but the, it's not going to, they're not taking a test for you. You know, you are, it's up to you. If like for me, I mean, this is a personal thing because I fucking hate this guy and he's a good player. It's Tom Brady. I would never, never draft Tom Brady in my life. Ever, 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 never, ever, 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 ever. Your loss. I'm just saying, well, and you know, if I was like a fantasy football robot, then I would never, I would like, I would just draft him. He's a good, he's a good player. He's an okay. You know, he's fine. He's a good player, but you know, don't kind of don't try and get yourself into. I want to see, I want to figure out how to word this. Don't draft a team that you're going to end up looking at it at the end of the draft and be like, this isn't my team. I don't like this. I drafted somebody else's team.
1: Ah, that's a tricky one because you want to have your own team, but at the same time, No, oh, it's how like do I, how, how do I put this?
0: It's like players that you don't believe in. Really. You're like, "Oh, the the numbers tell me that this guy's going to be good, but is he actually yeah. going to be good?" Okay.
1: All right, yeah. So you don't you don't want to live and die by the ranks, like like Adam was saying. You 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 want to have your own personal input on it. You want to have your own personal touch on it. And there's there's certain spots where you can go off board and take guys that you want to take. And and that's like that's completely okay. Um, while at the same time also putting all personal biases aside and having to draft the best possible team that you that you can. So for me, like I know when I first started, it was all about the Dallas Cowboys. I wanted every fucking cowboy I can get. Took Tony Rowan number one overall. Because I was just like, oh, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Tony Rowan number one overall. Perfect. I took and- Aaron Rodgers for fourth
0: overall in my first fantasy draft.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you, you take the guys that you, you know, that you're comfortable with, but again, it's also, it's also having to understand, you know, there are certain values that, that come into play. There are certain guys that that are always going to be better than certain guys that maybe, you know, that guys that have to carry name value. So that's also very important to, to, to point out. So it's being, being able to recognize a certain things, putting those personal biases aside and, Drafting guys that you want to have while also not being afraid to refer to those ranks if you need, because remember those ranks, the ranks are not there to be your end all. If they have to be, they can be, but the ranks are there as a backup in case you need them. At the end of the day, you should be the one that's making the decision on the guys that you end up drafting. It should be your call. It should not be, it should not be at the at the mercy of the ranks. Like you're not, you don't want to take. I don't know. Say 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 you're a Green Bay Packers fan, and you really 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 just hate everything about the Chicago Bears. And you're in the fifth round, and David Montgomery is sitting there. David Montgomery is a top thirty-five player, and you're getting him in round five. If you're even though you're a Chicago Bears fan, you should be taking David Montgomery in round five.
0: Well, you're a, no, you're a Packers fan in this scenario. You said Bears fan. Oh, I
1: apologize. I apologize. Okay. I was confused. I I thought I said Packers, but maybe I said Bears. I don't know, but you get the point. If you're a a Packers fan, you don't want to take the Chicago Bear. I know that, but you got to put personal bias aside and realize according to your ranks, according to maybe what you would, maybe the limit knowledge that you know, that that's a great value for David Montgomery and you take him there in, in round five that would be well worth it. Like um, I would bet a significant amount of money that if Tom Brady fell to round 15. If Tom
0: Brady was the last pick in the draft, I would pick literally anybody else. If Tom Brady was available in the last pick of the draft, I would be like, huh, I'm going to pick I I don't know, Frank Gore. He's retired. I don't care.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, do not do what Adam does because that is the wrong approach. That is the wrong approach because if Tom Brady is there with your last pick in the draft, you are taking Tom Brady. You are then taking your clothes off and you are running around in the streets naked because you just got Tom Brady in the 15th round. Kind of like I did last year when no one would take him and Tom Brady was the last quarterback taken in the draft. That was really just odd.
0: Yeah, it was funny. I, you know, last year we were talking about draft strategy and stuff like that. I, and like when you should take a quarterback, I felt like I, I felt like I was waiting as long as I usually do. And then I'm like, Oh, there are no quarterbacks left. Fuck. So I took Matt Stafford. I was like, Oh, well, I guess I'll take
1: second tier third tier Matt Stafford and Matt Stafford ended up doing pretty well for me. Yeah. And, And I think Brady, Brady was even later than Matt Stafford. He was the last quarterback taken in that draft and Tom Brady ended up starting for me every single week. And I was then able to trade Jalen Hurts yeah so at the end of the day it it works it works out but it's knowing your opportunities and knowing your players there's a little bit of studying that i think every manager should be doing just getting the the sense as to where certain guys are going um but again for rookies i don't i don't expect um those people to to go like super crazy with you know knowing guys where they play you know that kind of thing knowing like player profiles and such but every player should be knowing um which players matter more which positions matter more um what to do based on certain rounds like rounds one to five you want to build your core of your team then round six to eleven you want to really fill out your team and then 12 to beyond is where you want to take your lottery shots And, you know, go big, go, go big or go broke uh, with, with those picks after like round 12.
0: You know, before we sign off here, I do have one thing that I want to touch on and that is with draft strategy and with fantasy football in general. And that is something that people don't worry about as much, but it can, it can fuck you. If you don't plan for it, it's by weeks. Mm. And um so if you are an avid fan of the nfl and if you're looking to play fantasy football you should be uh, an avid fan of the nfl you know that each team has one bye week and in the fantasy football season there are no weeks off so uh if your player is on a bye or is not like is just not playing then that player will not accrue any points so you need to you need to have a plan for that and The thing with draft strategy is that you have to take, you you know, it's not the be all end all. It could be a tiebreaker for you if you're kind of stuck between two guys and you're like, well, I don't want to have too many players. I I already have two guys who are off in week seven. And let's say you have Dalvin Cook and Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson, who are all week seven buys. And then you are deciding between, um, let's say, K-Makers and
1: Antonio Gibson. That's literally the name I was going to say. That's crazy.
0: K-Makers <laughs> and Antonio Gibson. And you're, like, really torn between both those guys. And you're like, well, K-Makers has the same buy as Cooper cup, obviously they're on the same team. And I don't want to have three guys who are on week seven buys. Cause then that makes things weird with uh, trying to fill those spots. So maybe I'll go with Antonio Gibson as a result of that. And also with guys who are backups, you don't want to be like, I'm going to have uh, one guy and then have his backup, have the same bye week. And it's like, what's the point? Like quarterbacks, especially for this, where you're like, uh, let me uh, look here. See if I have a very, very good example of this. Let's do seven again, just because. Let's say you have uh, Jalen Hurts and Kirk Cousins. That's a dumb strategy for bye weeks because they have the same bye week, right? And
1: I would also, uh, I would also say, if you're taking a quarterback before uh, round eight, you could probably only draft one. That's that's also more advanced roster construction sort of thing.
0: Yes. And you can always pick up guys, you know, if you, if you're in a situation where you're like, Oh, I wasn't looking or I don't care. um, I'm only taking, or I'm only taking one quarterback. Then you can pick somebody uh, at that week because there's, I'm sure there will be uh, options. And this is another piece of terminology that we can introduce here is streaming. And uh, yeah, that's kind of flying by the seat of your pants a little bit, but yes, bird.
1: So here's a better example of the, of the whole bye week thing. So two guys that will probably be uh, streamer options, which oh, when we say streamer options, we mean guys you could pick up off of waiver wire for little to no competition, start them on a certain week, and then just drop them again that you only, you, you only use them for like one week at a time because they have a good matchup or, or so on and so forth. And so forth. Um, but two guys that can be classified as streamers per se I'm looking at guys like Ryan Tannehill and Derek Carr, who both have week six buys. So that is a, a great example of two guys you don't want to have on your team uh, at the same time because guess what? When one's on a buy, the other one's going to be on a buy, and you're going to need to go pick up a quarterback when you have two quarterbacks in your roster. So that's silly. So maybe you would want to draft uh, Derek Carr late and then maybe go – out and draft a, uh, a Carson Wentz with the Commanders, who was a bye in week 14, or a Jameis Winston for the New Orleans Saints, who was a bye in week 14,
0: or Zach Wilson, who was a bye week 10. Sure, sure, yes. Um, and streaming also applies to defenses more so on defenses than quarterbacks because. Not everybody streams quarterbacks, but everybody should be streaming defenses. And, you know, picking defenses based on matchups. And, you know, this is based on teams going, defenses going up against bad teams, teams that turn the ball over a lot, where you could be, you have a potential for a Nathan Peterman esque day. I could, I would love to see what the Chargers defense got in just in that first half off of Nathan Peterman against the Bills that in uh, 2017 which was right. 5 years ago oh my god anyway that's
1: <laughs> oh what a time to be alive
0: yes what a time to be alive um is there anything else or i don't think so um you know i think i have a good idea yeah i think that with all these new listeners and new face of football managers out there, I think we should do a mailbag of just beginner questions. People that are just getting into it, asking questions about what to do to get started, that sort of thing. I think we should do that.
1: I'm down. I'm down. So what we could do is uh, next week, the plan is going to be, we're actually going to be doing a, three episode fantasy show week next week. So the plan is going to be that it's going to be myself. It's going to be Adam. It's going to be Jake. We are all going to be on the same show. Unbelievable. Uh I know. I know. I haven't seen Jake in so long. Well, we're all going to be in the same show and it's going to be three episodes where it's going to be Adam giving his bold predictions for fantasy. I give my bold predictions and then Jake gives his bold predictions. And we're going to try and record on Monday. And hopefully we'll be able to do one episode comes out on Monday. One episode comes out on Wednesday and the other one comes out on Friday. All right. That sounds like fun. So then I think after, after next week, then maybe the following week, depending on how the mailbag looks, maybe we do a mailbag. And and hell, even if, even if you know, we'll prioritize the newer players. But and we'll talk about this next week as well, just because for the more experienced players, they're probably not listening at this point. So, um, we'll have some more experienced questions in there as well. So we could probably just do a, a whole mailbag episode at, at some point um, over the course of the next month or so. All right, sounds good.
0: Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes where you get your podcasts from my co-host, at Bird. So I'm Adam Castro, and we'll talk to you next time.
1: Love you guys. Bye. Bye.